welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. I'm your host, Nancy Hugo. Well, today is February 1st. I can't believe that we've already gone through the month of January, but time flies, as you know, especially when you're a busy person. Today, I'm going to talk about bathrooms. Um, Over the past mm, five, ten years, bathrooms have an emphasis on health, relaxation. Uh, Think about it. The bathroom is the first room you go into from the bedroom, of course. You start your day in the bathroom and you end your day in the bathroom. So it's very important to have a comfortable room that you feel uh, relaxed in so everybody is remodeling their bathroom. Uh, The basic bathroom I'm going to refer to is the one that everybody has with that tub shower, toilet, vanity, Could be a little larger than most or the average uh, bathroom. It's usually the bathroom that you can remember from your childhood, 50s, 60s, even the 70s. So it's time to talk about remodeling the bathroom. If you're planning to remodel your bath, you should know what the specifications are. That's very important. And the space that you need to accomplish what you want. So it should be a functional, beautiful bathroom that's not going to break your budget. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or you have a contract uh, to help you create the space, you should know what the numbers are. Of course, I mean the cost of everything, but also the important numbers of heights and spaces and where everything goes. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Showers, as if, you know, it's obvious that showers are more popular than tubs, especially for the mature person. Getting in and out of a tub is not safe, and it's difficult for some people. I had a customer that insisted on a tub And it was quite a large bathroom, but she wanted a freestanding tub because of the aesthetics. Of course, freestanding tubs have become very popular. And they come in different widths and lengths. But when you're shopping for a tub as a bed, you should try it out. So my customer insisted on the freestanding tub. We went to the showroom. She got in, but she couldn't get out. And that's important because she did live alone. Even if you live with somebody, if you can't get out of a tub, you can't be expecting somebody to pull you out. Dangerous for both of you. So I suggested a shower with all of the um, benefits and the beautiful shower, the one with everything you can think of wrapped in marble. It's gorgeous. But let's go back to the standard bathroom. Tubs in most houses are 60 inches long by 30 inches wide, and they have a drain at one end. This is the common tub, and it's usually surrounded on three sides by walls. Now, sometimes the builder maybe gave you an extra couple of inches on one end of the tub, usually not the drain end, but the other end. And they've either framed it so that it's a little step up and there's a shelf, or maybe they framed it so that it's even with the tub and you can sit on it. But for the sake of simplicity, let's go back to the 60 by 30 tub. So, If you have a uh, tub, like I'm talking about, 
you most likely on one end, the drain end, you have a tub shower combination fixture. So you can fill the tub, you can take a shower, all your fixtures are on that one wall. And with that situation, you have a diverter so that you can either fill the tub or take a shower, but you can't do both. Very simple. That's what a diverter does. It diverts the water from one shower head or going to the tub filler. And then you usually have a small holder for your soaps and shampoos above the tub so it can be reached while bathing or showering. Years ago, people never thought that we'd have the tall shower, uh, the tall uh, soap bottles or conditioners or liquid soap. And so usually with the bathrooms that I've been in that were oh, several years old, those uh, niches for the soap were useless. So that's one of the things you want to think about that I will talk about in a minute. So you probably have waterproof walls. They're probably tile or cultured marble or in some cases, fiberglass. Now, fiberglass tub shower units, and they also make shower units, are still being used in many tracked houses. These are totally made of fiberglass with built-in either tub or shower floor, and they have a space, sometimes several shelves or a niche, for soap and shampoo. And they also, in some cases, have grab bars, all built in. The unusual thing about these items is that you have to build a house around it. So when you're building new, or if this is what you want, remodeling is going to be difficult with these units because they're so big you can't get them through the front door. Uh, that's why they put these units in place uh, as the house is being framed then they put the house, the unit in its space, and then they work around that unit. So it's very unusual for somebody to go for a fiberglass unit in a remodel situation. Matter of fact, if you have one of these units and you want to replace it, you have to cut it up in pieces so that you can dispose of it and get it through the door. And that's how bulky it is. So those are things that you know, if you have it and it's in good condition, you know, it's okay. A lot of times they'll crack or they'll chip. So a lot of people want to replace them. So when you want to have a tub that needs to be a shower, this is what you have to do. Get rid of or demo your tub, your walls, and you have drywall. And over that, is going to be either tile or cultured marble. A lot of times you have to cut out the drywall because taking the tile off drywall is not easy and you're going to end up messing up the drywall. So you might as well take the drywall off and replace it with green board or cement board. So that's going to have to be replaced anyway. But going back to um, turning your tub into a shower... There are several things you can do. First of all, you can buy a pre-made shower floor and they will put the, the drain will be where the drain for the tub was. So that fits in pretty nice. You need a 30 by 60 shower floor, pre-made. A lot of times it's made of acrylic. 
or cultured marble. And that goes in place. And then from there, you drywall with the green board or the cement board um, around the floor so that it's, it's tight and it's waterproof. Now let's talk about curbless showers. Everybody loves them. And most of the time they can be done with ease. It's a clean look. Now we're talking curbless showers. You walk from the floor of the bathroom into the shower with no curb. Great for people in wheelchairs or walkers, or if you just want that clean look without a curb. Now because the curb will keep the water in the shower, if you have no curb, you have to make sure that you have a drain, typically in the center, and they warp the floor. And that means that the floor is sloped to the drain on all four sides. Or you can use a linear drain, which is usually put at the long end against the wall, and the tile is sloped to that linear drain so that the water runs into the drain. The last thing you need is water running into your bathroom, and that will make a mess. <laughs> Let's face it. Um, it's something we avoid at all costs. So if you want to use a tile on the wall, and by the way, you can use tile on the floor of your curbless shower. You could match the floor in your bathroom, but it should be two by two tiles so that you have a lot of grout in the shower. And that helps the floor not to be slippery. So the more grout you have, the more grab you have. So that's very important. Um, when doing your bathroom over, you have to think of safety. And yes, marble would be pretty. And shiny tiles are pretty in bathrooms, but they're not practical. So you want something with a grid on it or a grab, as we say. And it could be a large format tile in the bathroom, but you can match or have cut that same tile into two by twos and they back them on a mesh so that they can go on the floor easily. Okay, so we talked about the floor tile and you could use a coordinating or a contrasting tile on the walls. I would suggest a large format tile on the wall so that you have less grout lines. Or you can use cultured marble. If you're not familiar with that, it's uh, got no seams except in the corners, and it's a poured product. It's got its place, but if you don't want to use cultured marble and you don't want the tile, I have done showers with granite slabs. You can use engineered stone, and a lot of the engineered stone comes in a thinner thickness not an inch and a half like you put on a countertop, but something a little uh, less heavy, and uh, but it has to be installed by a professional fabricator slash installer, so you don't want to fool around with that yourself. It is a heavier product, difficult to work with if you're a do-it-yourselfer or uh, you have never done that before. I say go to the professional. So let's talk about the heights of the shower walls. They should go, the, what you put on the wall should go to the ceiling. 
Now, it's real easy to say that if you have an eight-foot ceiling. If you decide to go with a shorter product on the wall, try to go above the shower head because shower heads usually are at 72, 78 inches, and that doesn't leave you much to the ceiling. So rather than have that little gap of uh, so many inches of drywall, you might as well just bring that product to the ceiling. Now, if you have a ceiling that's 9 foot, 10 foot in your shower, you certainly want to fur down the ceiling to 8 foot because steam rises and so the heat is going to go to the ceiling and it's going to be a little chilly in that shower, especially if you have a roll-in shower which or a curbless shower, which doesn't usually have a door. So I suggest to make a cozy shower, you definitely need to have an eight-foot ceiling. So remember, bring the walls to the eight-foot ceiling. Now, we can talk about steam showers, and I won't go into that, but usually you can paint your ceiling in the shower with a an enameled high-gloss um, paint. But I would suggest if you really want to waterproof the whole area, you can uh, put tile or whatever product you're using on the ceiling. I haven't done that that much. It does look nice, adds to the cost. So if you're working on a budget, uh, painting the ceiling with high gloss paint would be perfect. Well, since we're talking about bathrooms, we might as well just talk about Studio 41. Studio 41 has a lot of showrooms in Illinois, one in Scottsdale, as I say every week. They're my go-to for all of my uh, bathroom, kitchen fixtures, my cabinet um, hardware. They also have cabinetry, um, but they also have a um, large variety of Kohler products because they're a Kohler showroom. Now, talking about Kohler... Um, Kohler comes out every year, the beginning of the year, with new and great items. And so we're going to be talking about the uh, introduction of the Kohler items in the next couple of weeks. But back to Studio 41, they are definitely a go-to for me. They have a great website. You can go on Shop Studio 41, the number 41. Dot com, And you can see what they have and you can order from their website. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be in Illinois, you can shop at their 14 showrooms. And that's where they also offer tile and windows. So don't forget, shopstudio41.com. Well, probably one of the most important things in a shower is to put a seat in there, a built-in seat. And uh, if you are planning, which I hope you are, planning on building a seat, it should not be framed in wood. It should be block. You want everything in that shower to be waterproof. I don't care how, how much they seal the products that you're using. If there is a leak, it's going to find its way to a wood frame. So a seat should be 18 inches above the floor which is the same height as a chair, which is very uh, comfortable for most people. If you happen to be 
a smaller person or a larger person, you can adjust that shower seat when you're building it to 17, 19, whatever's comfortable. And it should be 15 to 18 inches deep. I have seen some shower seats that people have installed that are 12 inches. I don't know anybody who can sit for more than a second on a 12-inch deep shower seat. These seats should be comfortable. A matter of fact, one of my customers wants radiant heat in the seat because they're cold. No doubt about it. You can run hot water, but you're going to be sitting on a cold seat. You can also put a towel on the seat to make it a little more comfortable and less slippery. So if you're going to not have the room if you want a bigger shower. Now, don't forget, if you have an 18-inch shower seat in a 60-inch shower, that's going to leave you enough floor room. Um, it's going to leave you four and a half feet, 54 inches of floor space. And that's really all you need. You're not going to dance in it. And then you're actually having 60 inches of space for your arms. So if you spread your arms from wall to wall, you have plenty of space in that shower to have an 18-inch seat. But some people don't want a seat. Don't ask me why, um, because I find it very useful. And if you don't want a build-in seat, by the way, you can also have a store-bought teak seat. Teak will survive in a shower. And it's something that you can move around or take out. So some people will go for the, um, the, I want to call it an aftermarket seat. It's not built in. It's something that you can take out of the shower if you want. I would say that if you don't want a shower seat, at least put in a nine-inch ledge so that you can put your feet up to wash it or shave your legs Um it's really difficult for one to shave one's legs when there's no place to put your foot other than the floor. And we won't go into that because that's, you can picture that's a weird situation. So every shower, of course, needs a soap niche. These should be 48 inches above the floor. They typically go between studs. So they have um, preformed niches that some builders use, and they will put them in between the studs, and then they'll either put a, they'll wrap it with tile or whatever product you're using. But a lot of times people need more than that, more than one niche for their soaps and shampoos. I had a client one time who had 21 bottles. They wanted all of those bottles, whether it's shampoo, conditioner, liquid soap, whatever they had, uh, they wanted them in the shower. So I had to create several shelves, many shelves, actually. But the average person needs space for maybe six items. Well, lately, I've been using linear soap niches. So linear, you know, horizontal. And they're usually 18, 16 inches high, um, depending on what you what bottles you use. Hopefully, you're using bottles that are not huge jugs. And uh, they can be as wide as, not quite as wide, but almost as wide as the shower. I would say if you have a 60-inch back wall, 
or sidewall 60 inches, I'd probably go with a 42 or 48 inch linear niche. And you can also put LED lights in there if you want to make it real aesthetic. But a 42, 48 inch, when I'm saying those ranges, it's because when I do them, I want to see what kind of tile we're going to put in the back wall of the niche. And if 42 accommodates the tile we're using, well, then we'll go with that. And Or if you can adjust the size based on the tile. So these uh, shell or these niches should be anywhere between, well, four inches deep. If you put a shelf, the bottom shelf of the niche, it would be five inches deep. And that's very useful to hold just about anything you can think of putting in there. But here's an important point. If you're tiling your shower, I would not suggest that you tile the bottom shelf of your niche because the grout will be affected by your soaps and shampoos. It'll be stained. So I would suggest either engineered stone or corian or something that has no seams in it or pieces and parts. Now, you're probably saying, well, where am I going to get engineered stone? But you can use whatever you're going to use on the countertop, match it to the shelf in the niche. That always works out real well, and um, it will avoid the staining. Definitely, if you're using granite in your bathroom vanity, don't put granite in the bottom shelf of the niche. There again, will stain. It'll be terrible to clean. It'll end up being replaced, guaranteed on that. Well, we're going to talk about monogram. Monogram has those intelligent appliances, and they will be coming out with new products. As I keep saying, every manufacturer introduces their new products in the January, February area of the new year. So Monogram is no different than anybody else. They will be coming out with more and more. I love these products. They have smart, they have a smart app so you can control your appliances with your app. Uh, you can't have the app without a smart appliance, but you can have a smart appliance without an app because you can use these smart appliances by, say, for instance, a uh, an oven or a, a steam oven. They have touch controls and they're smart. And uh, the GE or um, Monogram company updates your ovens, your steam ovens, your refrigerators, because they have a connection. Of course, I won't go into the technological uh, ideas of how these work, but they will add recipes to your oven um, automatically. I think that's interesting. Uh, you never know when you're going to get a new recipe, and you just look on your oven, it tells you how to cook the item. Um, very interesting. So you can also check on Monogram's website, real simple, monogram.com. I suggest if you're looking for new appliances, you go to the showroom that offers Monogram. Even better if they have working appliances so that you can try them out. And check out their steam ovens, their, um, their new column refrigerators. They have a lot of new things that they're introducing. So monogram.com. Well, getting back to the showers, let's talk about the options uh, for water in your shower. There's a couple of options. Rain heads are water coming from the ceiling with either a square or a round fixture. 
body sprays are on the wall and you can a lot of them can be directed to your body so if you're standing there and you want to direct it to say a cramp in your shoulder just um adjust it so that it hits that area but my favorite one is the stationary showerhead uh, added with a handheld showerhead on a slider bar so a lot of people like both you can put one or the other and if it's if you're choosing one i always suggest a handheld showerhead on a slider bar and so that's on the wall with your controls most of the time and it doesn't have to be but let's that's i'm not even going to touch that this time but the shower head on a slider bar can be removed from the holder you could wash the shower floor with it you can wash your back you can wash your, your feet whatever and then you put it back on the hook or the holder more importantly though you can adjust the height of the unit up or down on the slider bar so if you do want to uh, direct it to a your back you can lower it on the slider bar turn it on and usually they have different settings pulsating spray whatever and you can use that as a body spray so talking about budget um there it is you can have a handheld shower um, fixture on a slider bar that can double as uh, body sprays also if you have the slider bar high enough you can raise the shower head so that it hits the top of your head and that takes the place of a rain head so there you have it a good way to have an enjoyable shower and not spend a lot of money on fixtures also each one of these items, if you were to have a rain head, a stationary shower head, body sprays, and a handheld on a slider bar, which I have done before, I have put all of these in a shower, and each one of those items needs a controller. So a lot of times you can have some with diverters, some are individually controlled. And that makes your plumber very busy, and he'll have a large bill for you to pay at the end of that escapade so i would say that if the shower is big enough if you feel you can even do this on a 60 inch by 30 inch shower if you are designing this for or if you are a mature person and you need to sit down you can put your handheld shower by your bench and then you can have a stationary shower fixture on the opposite end that makes it easy for the person who needs to sit down to shower to feel independent and also to feel safe now when i'm talking about safe i definitely talk about grab bars and i know what you're saying yeah i'm too young to have a grab bar and it looks so institutional and i've had people with bad backs even say, well, I don't want that in my shower. But guess what? They are beautiful pieces of safety equipment. And what if you're 21 years old and you have you broke your leg when you went skiing or you fell and your back hurts a lot and you need to sit down? 
you need help getting up. Grab bars are a safety issue no matter what age you are. So I encourage every shower and bathroom remodel that I do to have grab bars. They come in different sizes and you can put them at a 45 degree angle. You can put them horizontally, vertically. When I work with people, I see how they stand, how they the, the guides that they need, and then I put the shower grab bars uh, in the appropriate places to help them. No sense having a grab bar in a place where you can't reach it or you're never going to use it. So vertical is good when you're getting in the shower. By the shower seat, having one on a diagonal is good. Um, so it depends on the person and the person's needs. Now, over the years, they have added so many beautiful shower grab bars to their list of things that you really need. And I mean, I was checking on them and they have Lucite grab bars. They have them with lights at the ends. They have them with different finishes. Um, for the mature person, I would suggest a grab bar that is not slippery. So it's it's got to be functional. So they have them with a neural finish. Uh, which is a textured finish on the grab bar so it's easy for your hands not to slip when you're grabbing on. Don't forget the light in the shower. And a waterproof light is a must that meets code. And before, if you are a do-it-yourself or before you do your shower, I would suggest you check all your codes just as an FYI. Now, towel bars and hooks. A lot of people are using hooks instead of towel bars by the shower because they say that when they hang their towel on the hook, it's easier for the towel to dry. But whatever you like, don't forget them because the worst thing you can do is get in the shower and not have a place for your towel. Then you can walk around on your, hopefully on your safe floor looking for your towel. Okay, here's a big thing that I'm going to talk about. Uh, if you have a, you just have this love for taking a bath and you really don't want to give that up, but it's hard for you to get in the bathtub, there's that item called a walk-in tub. I'm going to talk to you about the pros and cons. I think it's a great idea, but you know, in doing some research, which if you do decide to go with a walk-in tub, do your research, look at all the pros and cons. There's a lot more pros and cons than what I'm going to talk about. So just to cover the surface, the tub has a short curb when the door opens to step over. So it's not like your 14-inch tub that you have to lift your leg and get in that tub. Um, and then they have, wow, they have tubs that are up to 48 inches deep. So the side of the tub is 48 inches. That's four feet high. And then they have a built-in seat that's probably 17 or 18 inches high. So if you like the water to um, hit your neck, you'd have to go with the deeper one. And as an option, they will um, put heat in the seat. So you have a heated seat in your tub. You can also optionally get chromotherapy and you can get hydrotherapy jets. 
I would say that's probably the uh, Cadillac of tubs. But here's the downside. You will spend a lot of time sitting in the tub while waiting for the water to fill the tub. And as the time, and also you have to sit there while you're draining the tub. It'll take between 8 and 15 minutes to empty that tub. Now think about it. You're in this tub, you're wet, and now you have to sit there and wait for the tub to drain. It's going to be awfully chilly, so I suggest you have a robe or a bath towel nearby so you can wrap yourself in it. I I don't find that a positive. I I would probably think you know, unless it's the middle of the summer and you've got your hot bathroom and you turn your air conditioning off, that's going to be very uncomfortable. Also, another downside, which I didn't realize, you have to get in the tub while it's being filled and you have to, uh, you can't adjust the water temperature when you're in the tub. So you can't say, oh, yeah, it's a little warm, I'll change it. You have to get in the tub while it's, and then it starts filling. So they suggest that you put a scald prevention valve with the tub to prevent the hot water from scalding your skin. That would be horrible if you didn't do that. So I would say definitely do your research, pros and cons. You know, the I had a friend who wanted this tub, and I said, well, did you think about it? If you're sitting there and you're finished with your tub, with your bathtub uh, experience, you can't open the door to get out unless the water drains. Well, she didn't realize that. And that I know that the door on the tub is waterproof, but there's no way you want to open that door and leave when there's the tub is filled with water. Also, um, I don't know what the warranty is on these, but if the seal breaks on that door, you are going to have leakage and you will possibly flood your bathroom. Just saying, it sounds like a good idea, but you never know. You should probably talk to people who have had the tub and see what their take is on it and what the pros and cons are. Okay, let's just touch on vanities. The height of a vanity years ago was 30 inches above the floor. And that was really good for kids. But for some reason, the uh, people who decided on heights, 36 for kitchens, 36 high for kitchen cabinets, and 30 inches for vanities, they weren't thinking of your back. And when you lean over on a 30-inch vanity, a lot of people have back problems, especially if you're tall and you have to lean over the sink when you brush your teeth. So now it's just a given that the vanities are 34 to 36 inches high. Now, when I first started doing the 36-inch high vanity, people would say, yeah, but that's kind of high. Well, go over to your kitchen sink and brush your teeth, and you'll feel that your back is a lot more um, pain-free. And it's not that high. It's only six inches higher than what they used to be. And typically, the vanity is 21 inches deep. And if you go custom, or if you can adjust your standard 21-inch cabinet by pulling it out to 24 inches if it's between walls, you wouldn't have a problem with that. 
Uh, also, you can have a vanity that's hung off the wall so that there's open space from the bottom of the vanity to the floor. Usually it's 9 to 12 inches. This is a nice look when you have the LED tape lights under the vanity so that you have lighting under that vanity, good for a nightlight or aesthetics. Um, people are putting well, two, van two sinks in a master, which is typical. Uh, one sink is fine unless you have the space for two. But don't, if you have 60 inches of space and you want two sinks, you've got to have space on both sides of the sink. And I have walked into tract housing where the builder wanted to give the people two sinks. So he put the sinks close to the wall. If you're standing in front of a sink on the right side of the vanity and it's close to the wall and you brush your teeth, guaranteed you're going to hit your elbow on the wall. So depending on the size of the vanity, that's when you can decide on the number of sinks. And now just a quick look at toilets. You need to have 30 inches of space for your toilet area. Make sure that it's centered in the space. You know, I've seen some people who don't plan ahead and they put their toilet too close to the wall. Again, you know, you'll hit your your arms on the wall it's you know they did these codes for um, practicality so 30 inches is standard with a the uh, toilet being in the center but nobody says you can't do 36 if it's between walls if you're a larger person i would say give yourself as much space as possible and also don't forget that uh, toilet paper holder. You've got to put it in an area where you can reach it. Now, if there's, I did a handicapped shower one time. I put the toilet in the shower. It was very unusual at the time. Now they're doing it. It's great for um, people who have um, physical problems. And if there's no wall to put it, toilet paper holder and you can always use a freestanding toilet paper holder so that's not a deal killer i would suggest if you're doing a bathroom again for the uh, accessible bathroom for people with physical challenges check the requirements for the space you need for a wheelchair the heights for vanities the grab bar requirements there's a whole list of them that you uh, will find very useful if this is the situation you're designing a bathroom for. So I think I've covered just about, just about everything. I uh, would say that if you are building or remodeling your bathroom, make sure you check on everything. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. There's no problem remodeling bathrooms with all of these requirements. You just have to plan ahead. You know what they say, um, you don't want to plan to fail. You want to cover all of your um, the goals that you have with your remodel. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show, and please subscribe on the platform you're using. I'm finding, after talking to my IT man, that most of the people who listen to these podcasts 
are they have iPhones. Now, whether you have an Android or an iPhone and you're using that, you have an app for podcasts. And all you have to do is open up the app, search for Home Design Chat with Nancy, hit subscribe, and you can play this podcast from the app. And you will not miss any of the podcasts because if you subscribe, the new the newer ones pop up automatically. So I would suggest you do that. So if you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. It tells all about me and my background. And again, like I said before, if you have any questions, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. I hope this podcast was useful for everybody who's remodeling a bathroom. I want you to stay safe, have a great day, and listen again to our next podcast. <laughs>